It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, Monday, April 18th, as the LA Galaxy get ready for a two-game week. San Diego Loyal coming up on Tuesday night, so tomorrow night as we're recording in the U.S. Open Cup, and then, of course, Nashville coming up on Saturday. We're going to get you ready for San Diego. We're going to talk about the LA Galaxy 0-0 draw, maybe the most boring soccer you've ever watched against Chicago Fire. There are some things to take away from this. We're going to tell you maybe what each of us think is the big takeaway from this Chicago game. I'm going to talk about our live event and us being out there, talking to some of you, broadcasting at the LA Galaxy Soccer Complex in Torrance. LA Galaxy add a former LA Galaxy player to the technical staff as well, so we're going to get a little bit into that. Uh, standings, news, all that fun stuff. Tickets for the uh, for the League's Cup showcase, so a lot of stuff to get to, a lot of things to talk about to help me do that. He's back. It's the panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going? Hey, happy tax day, or in your case, tax avoidance day. Oh, it's man. It's tax day, right? It is. It is the 18th. I had to, I had to double check with my accountant this morning that like everything was done and that we had, we had, we had signed all the stuff and done all the things and we were good. And yes, that was the case. So I was, I was just you making sure. You as much as Elon Musk, right? Which is like, like how many shots the galaxy had on it. Let's see. Being, uh, being, I, uh, let's see. The state of California always gets their money. Let's say that the state of California always gets their money. I don't think you can avoid that one. Um, I'll say that overall, uh, I probably came out a little bit ahead this time, but not much. Uh, I don't have that many write-offs. Just a child. That'll help. Have a yeah, child. You want a tax deduction? Have a child. There you go. There's my my family advice for the day. How's it? How was the rest of your weekend, Kevin? After being nearly wind swept away in Torrance, in the windiest city in the world, Torrance. Well, first of all, I need to say that this. Those of us, those of you who are watching and can see me in all my luscious pandanus, this is not a pajama top. This is a French national team practice jersey. And since they are the reigning world champions, I decided to wear this today. That was, but it, it does on the camera. It looks like I'm in my pajamas. I would, and, uh, I would, I would call that a pajama top for sure. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of looks that way. That's okay. That's okay. We'll, we'll allow it. But how, how well, was your weekend? I went to see the Frida Kahlo uh, exhibition, the uh, immersive Frida Kahlo exhibition. I recommended highly. Very good. Uh, and it uh, it really fits that format. Went to see the Van Gogh one. It wasn't quite because Van Gogh, you know, it's just sort of really good art, but it's basic. I mean, Frida has all kinds of magical realism and symbolism and everything. And it really lends itself to that format. So, highly recommend it. Very very entertaining on Easter. Okay, that works. I'm Frida, I'm, Frida Kahlo and Easter. I mean, it, what a combination. I'm glad you had fun. That's really all that I wanted to make sure is that you enjoyed yourself over the weekend. Uh, Kevin was out there for our live event. And before we get started, starting to talk about Chicago it was a ton of fun. Actually, I had a great time. Uh, Kevin, we went out. I got and this cool police car. You, you did you get see? a cool. You get a squishy. Hold there on. I'll, I'll go back to you. You, you did. Yeah. You went a squishy police car. I got a squishy police car. Um, yep. That was that was nice. Those were our big takeaways from that. Besides seeing all the wonderful people. But the L.A. Galaxy launch the LA Galaxy Sports Complex, which of course was uh, right across the street, which just serendipitous, I'll, I'll tell you, right across the street from the LA Galaxy's uh, Connecta Soccer Center, which is where they do a lot of their 
um, their futsal uh, camps, and they have a lot of youth camps and a whole bunch of other things as well. Those are so big scissors. They, giant scissors. If you yeah. saw, if you watched the video, it took them a couple times to actually get those big fake scissors to actually work. I don't know. Like, is there a big scissor company? Where do you find? Do you just type in big ceremonial scissors and like? It's the same company that makes those big checks for the PGA Tour. Yeah, right next to it. Same company. Yeah. That where Happy Gilmore was like had all these big checks in the back of his car. That was one of the best bits, by the way. Was all the big checks in the back of his car. Um, uh, waiting to be to be cashed. Um, but anyway, so so we did that. Uh, we got to talk to uh, Tom Braun, who is one of the head LA Galaxy uh, people. I, I would say his... That's not his title. No, I don't, don't make me... I actually have to look it up again because, good Lord, it is the longest title, by the way, that I think um, I've ever seen. It was uh, Tom Braun is the LA Galaxy Senior Vice President, Soccer and Business Operations and Business Development. Uh, I made a joke. It wraps all the way around his card whenever he says it. Um, but yeah. It was uh, it was cool to sort of see that all open up. They had free ice cream, Kevin, which was, I think, your big takeaway from this. Um, I, I enjoyed it immensely. And uh, pizza, but you had to pay for that. I had to pay for the pizza. That's okay. Even celebrities like us, we had to pay. <laughs> we got to do uh, an hour-long show in the wind. Uh, by the way, a big, huge shout-out to uh, our, one of our Discord members and, and a really great guy, uh, Matt, Mr. Provino on our Discord. Uh, Matt came out and brought a an easy up for us to use. Um, and poor Matt, I don't think he realized he was going to be relegated to anchor duty yeah. for the entire hour or two hours that we were there. It um, turned into a parasail. It did. It did. It tried to collapse. A couple. It, it was hysterical because we're talking about Chicago and we're saying, oh, well, it's usually windy in Chicago. And here we are in Torrance. The wind's blown like 30, 35 miles an hour. Tried to lift Christian miles off the ground a couple times. It collapsed the uh, the tent one time on the like actually blew it down and in. It was nuts. Um, having Torrance, Torrance, the windy city, known <laughs> as the windy city, big shoulders. Uh, these there uh, you are. Look at that. Yeah, Linda Pickle, I think, snapped some of these whenever she was coming by. So I stole stole them from her Facebook. But um, just Christian and I talking. I'm sure Christian will enjoy uh, that picture. But um, doing the show, we had our broadcast headset. We had some people out in front. It was great. There were so many cool vendors too. I saw one, two threads there. Uh, Galaxy Art Fire was there. The Z Pot Lady. I mean, um, the wonderful. Uh, couple who was right across from us. I can't remember their name all of a sudden um, that does the scarves and like the Cosmo hats and stuff like that. That was amazing. They were right across from us. So again, it was, um, it was no, pup- no pupusas. We got to fix that next time. That was the one sort of downside to all this was no pupusas. So we had a great time. I really enjoyed it. Um, it, like I said, it was windy. We still were able to do an hour-long show. If you go on uh, on the podcast, if you go on SoundCloud, if you go on our website, you can find that show. I did release it post us being out there. Um, and eventually we're going to figure out a way to stream that show like live when we do it. I just didn't have it all set up and, and ready to go. So we will figure that out next like. time. Actually, actually, Kevin, it didn't. It didn't sound oh, like that okay. at all, which was, I was amazed. We did not get too much wind noise. So I was happy with that. Um, by the way, people in the chat room think that they're smart. Uh, they're saying, well, why didn't you bring like the anchors to hold down the easy up? The people with anchors were holding down their easy ups. The weights weren't keeping these things down. We had some serious gusts of wind. Um, so it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, Dorothy and Toto blew by at one point. <laughs> it was it was intense. It was intense. Our table tried to lift up a couple of times. It was good. My wagon went blowing across the parking lot. Uh, the fire department, the Torrance fire department, who was next to us, had to had to wrestle it down and, and rescue it, um, which is good because they're good at that stuff. So uh, it was a lot of fun uh, to sort of uh, to do that and to have some have some fun with all the people around there. I got to meet a whole bunch of people and got to get you know hand out some stickers and say hello. And I was modeling our our long sleeve uh, LA our corner of the galaxy kit that we're working on getting pre-orders for. So that should be coming out here in just a little bit. So that all was about the, it's all about the Merc, isn't it? The, it yeah, always all about the Merc. It, merch, merch. It's not Merc. It's Merc. It, if I cannot say Zlatan's last name, if I cannot say. I, Nick Nicholas's Dupuy's last name. I'm not going to get Merck right. I, I I literally, literally, literally like the one thing. How do you not know merch? Like that is a that is a comedian joke too. It's like oh, gotta go sell the merch. Like everybody knows how to say that. You not it scares me sometimes. I feel like you don't get out and interact with enough people. I feel like this is your only like time where you see people. Well, I, I every once in a while I talk to Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, but I talk to him. I mean, I, I'm a print journalist. I write. I you know, I don't speak, obviously. Thank and you. And now we know why. There, yes. There it is. All right. Uh, let's get talking about this game, LA Galaxy and Chicago Fire in Chicago. Um, the worst game ever played, ever, by anybody, ever. It's not even close to the worst game. It just wasn't a very good one. I think I started my game recap by saying, uh, if you watch that entire game, sorry about that. What, what, put the score back up again. Uh-huh. 
it even says announces right there. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> zero zero. It it was not pretty. It, it, listen. Nail up. Z- zip up. Listen. You're going to see this from Chicago this year. This is how they play. And I was talking to somebody who watches soccer a lot. I won't say their name because this is rather indicting of the Chicago Fire. But they said that Ezra's anti-soccer soccer that he's playing right now will get Chicago points. But it's not going to win any hearts and minds well, in that stadium. But that's, I mean, that that is such a spot-on comment because... They're, you know, Chicago's been bad for a long time. They're playing, they're getting points. They're not winning a lot of games, but I mean, with a 17 year old goalkeeper, they're playing really well as far as in comparison to other Chicago teams. You know, Ezra had to work with what he had. Right. And so if the idea is get points and be competitive, he's done that. If the idea is get fans to come out in 37 degree weather uh, uh, on the lake in Chicago, it's not going to happen playing this way. And And I finally get it, you know. People are talking a lot about uh, the way certain teams play, you know, with Bob Bradley's team. That was one of the things LAFC said. We play attractive football. I never really had the appreciation of it until Saturday when I see what unattractive football is like. And it's just brutal. I'll tell you this, that Ezra is doing everything in his power to be successful for the fire with what he has right now. With Shakiri not being able to play. That was one of the storylines in that. Um, as we heard afterwards, apparently they leave the grass a little long. The field is a little sparse. There's uh, I was talking to somebody who was there on the field. Uh, they said the, the grass was long and sticky. The um, the there were there were bare spots all over the field. Some of the bare spots had sand in them. That was nice. Um, and to tap it all off, one of the six yard boxes had brand new sod in it because it was probably so worn down it was trashed and they had to replace it. And when everybody should know about grass whenever it's like 35 degrees out and sort of in the winter spring that we're we're currently experiencing there, it doesn't exactly have time to like get in there and root. So it was probably just floating on some sand in there as well. So. No excuse for that. NFL field. No excuse for that. Um, I, I mean, I the long grass. Yeah, I get it. That you know, every team has the. And, oh, and the field was very narrow too. Seventy yards. Team, yeah, every team puts a field together based on the way they play. They do that in every sport: football, basketball. Uh, well, there's no field in basketball, but football, baseball. You leave the grass long if you bunt a lot, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I get that. But the bare spots, the the grass not not taking root, all that. Um, you know, there, there's there's no excuse for that. That is nothing that hurts Ezra's team as much as it hurts any other team. But Apparently you know, I, I don't I don't <laughs> think Ezra wants to play this way. I think he has to play this way. Uh, I think he'd just as soon play, you know, some good, attractive attacking football. But he's not going to win that way. He's going to get blown out. Greg Vanny talked a lot about you know playing against this team. All they did is just every time they get the ball, they just booted it back into the galaxy end, and that's the way they were going to play. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, I would say it was successful for them, except that they didn't get three points at home. You would think you want three points at home. You think that you would have more chances. I'll tell you right now, the expected goals. Not that there are any, and I don't think we pointed out there, and and everybody knows this already. But there were zero shots on goal from either team in this game. Zero shots. Yeah, on zero goal. goals and zero shots on goal. It's like no one showed up. Eh, by the way, American Blue says that it's still better than fake grass, and I would disagree. I would rather play on turf than what they played on in this particular case. I I, I hate turf, but I also don't like it whenever people are going to use a a spongy like spotty derelict field. Greg Vanny called it a bumpy. Pa- I heard it. Yeah. Uh, bumpy. Yeah, bumpy. Yeah. And yeah. Pasture. Pasture. Greg he, pasture. I, I mean, uh, the, what's crazy was, so Greg Vanny said pasture. Um, and I was like, come on, it wasn't a pasture. I go, that's ridiculous. So I reached out to some people who were also there and I was like, so how was the field? And the people who were who were on the field or near the field and the whole deal. And they're like, it was horrible. Like, and I said, well, well Greg called it a pasture. And they're like, oh, uh, yeah, that's about right. And, and the whole deal. And then they told me about it. And I was like, oh, OK, so he actually undersold the field. It was way worse. And I think the players downplay it a little bit, too. They all talk about it. And anytime players talk about a field, it means that it's worse than just bad because the guys will deal with bad like, oh, well, it was sticky and blah, 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 the whole deal. But this was more than that. Um, which was, again, an interesting take to sort of go through it. I mean, let's get to the lineups here because there's some stuff in here, some some things in here that will sort of key us into our next conversations. But uh, lineups, Julian Araujo, Sega Koulibaly, Derek Williams, Raheem Edwards on the defense, Jonathan Bond in goal, uh, Mark Delgado, 
uh, Kelvin Leardam in the defensive mid. We'll talk about Victor Vasquez here in a second. Uh, Douglas Costa, Ryan Revelson, Sam Grancier, and of course, Chicharito up top. So this was your starting 11. Now, Victor Vasquez did not travel. I learned about this on Saturday morning that he did not travel. We didn't find out why. Uh, Greg Vanny cued us into why and said it was a, gr- uh, a grade one hamstring. Um, now, that's I, we would imagine that's a strain of some sort there. Uh, that Victor Vasquez picked up in training on Thursday. Um, so that was the sort of the the reason that Victor Vasquez didn't travel. We're going to sort of see, I, I think, over the course of this week, and we have media availability, I think, on Thursday, Kevin, for Nashville um, in person. So there's we'll sort of see where Victor Vasquez is on that. But with no Victor Vasquez in this lineup, this is a very defensive lineup already. Um, and even moving Ravellis into the 10, or if you have Delgado as the 10, or if you have Leardam as the 10, however you want to make that as sort of quote unquote, the 10 and Christian miles pointed out that in sort of the, you know, four, three, three, or, or in some of these, these different setups that they have, there is no real 10 that's involved, but we know that there's a playmaking role somewhere in here and Ravellis at the point. Um, I think was a, a little lax uh, in, in that pos- particular position for this game. Galaxy's first half, Kevin, not great. Um, you know, I thought Chicago had a lot of the ball. I thought they had a lot of chances. I thought that they did a good job of pressuring the galaxy and, and Greg Vanny talked about, you know, the pressure that they were able to p- apply, um, in that first half and sort of the gal kept the galaxy unsettled. And then one of the things the galaxy loved to do, Kevin is pass the ball, pass the ball and control the pace. So you put them on a bumpy field where they can't pass the ball, where they can't do some of these things where speed is not an advantage for them. Um, even Costa, by the way, I thought Costa had one of his, I think his best game as an LA galaxy player, quite honestly. Um, you know, whenever you can't use the speed with grand Sur or with, uh, you know, Costa on the outside or those types of things, then the galaxy become one dimensional. Really? They do. Um, and you saw that they were able to, to, uh, Chicago was able to pressure the center and keep the ball, you know, uncertain sort of in an uncertain way. Uh, Chicago never dominated that possession side of things, Kevin, but for me, they kept, they kept uh, they kept the LA Galaxy sort of mm, off balance for most of this. Well, and this is the way I mean they did keep the, the Galaxy off balance and and or the Galaxy were off, off balance by uh, Chicago. I mean they have five clean sheets in seven games. They've only given up two goals this year with a 17 year old goalkeeper. I mean this was a and I think that's why Greg Vanny went with the defensive lineup. He knew it was going to be a slugfest, it was going to be a defensive game. They could have started Messi next to Ronaldo and Lewandowski and they weren't going to light it up against Chicago. So decided to go with the defensive lineup, but um you know and they did almost have a goal in that first half. There could have been a handball call. It looked pretty obvious to us in the replay. Yeah. Didn't I, get called. I don't know. I and I think you and I were watching it whenever we were standing side by side right at the watch party and I said if it hits Revelison's head or any part of his body and then hits the defender, you're not going to call that a handball. But if it doesn't, then it could be a handball. I didn't listen, I didn't have a problem with any of the the calls um the entire night and I know there's three of them because the LA Galaxy scored two goals. Uh, they were both ruled offside in in two different ways. But when we look at all those things and try to place that, um, I didn't have a problem with with most of the refereeing. It, it wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible either. Yeah, and and the two goals that were called back, both in the second half, Chicharito and and Costa. Um, here's where you and I differ. Uh, you know, I said before the game, and I and I still believe it was a good point on the road. They went to a difficult place to play in tough conditions, cold weather, bad field against a team that is going to bunker down and they came away with a point okay that's good but that's where that ends i mean this is a galaxy team with with uh you know the le- the league leader in assists the guy tied for the league leading goals with, with uh douglas costa you know one of brazil's best players this is an offensive team a, a team that's very potent chicharito leads the league uh, tied for the league leading goals and he leads the league in shots on goal and they didn't get one shot on goal much less a a goal they didn't score they didn't even get a shot on goal this the galaxy cannot come away from this feeling that this was a good performance and that this is acceptable this team is an off high-powered offensive team and this is a disappointing performance i I don't care what the conditions were this team with this talent needs to do a little bit better than they did And, and you wonder too you know greg vanny has not won more than two games in a row since he came to the galaxy I thought they came out of that LAFC game with some momentum. You and I differed a little bit on that. You thought they didn't play a good game, but they got the win 
against their rival who was unbeaten. It was a big emotional game. I thought they were going to come into Chicago with some momentum and they, they wind up leaving without even taking a shot on goal. I think that's a disappointing performance. And it just seems like Greg Vanny can get this team to a certain point and can't get them past that point. I think your only fair criticism in anything that you said, which you didn't say this exactly, your only fair criticism is that the LA Galaxy can never take over that first place spot, right? We saw a chance for them to sort of jump up and grab a spot, even if it was momentary. Uh, you know, uh, at the time you go into Chicago, you have a chance for first place. How many times do we see last year where the LA Galaxy were on the precipice of taking over the first spot in the Western Conference and didn't make it? And how many times would one point or three points have gotten them at the end of the season? We look at that overall taking over first place. I remember Greg at one point said, you know, it just, you know, hey, the answer is, I guess we just weren't ready to take it over yet. And it's sort of like, well, Greg, when are you going to be ready to take it over? There, there, There's definitely a criticism there that whenever it comes to chances for the LA Galaxy to move up the, you know, the the standings that they haven't taken them a lot. Now, it seems like they can do, they get satisfied with good enough, it almost feels like. And, and they lack that killer instinct. When they have the chance to go for the juggler, they back off. Yeah, but I don't see it as a back off. See, you're thinking that like you're you should go on the road and beat Chicago. That that no, hasn't happened. Well, I, I I think they should go on the road and get a shot on goal. Yeah, but that's that's such a. I mean, so so you're you're saying, oh well, they should get a shot on goal, and that determines whether or not they have a good game. No, no, no. I think I think the point was good. I think the game was horrible, and I think a team with Chicharito and and Grant Sear and Raheem Edwards and Douglas Costa needs to, to put the ball on target. I mean, it's just not enough to play patty cake in the middle of the field. They, and not they, scored two, they scored two goals, which is more than Chicago scored. You realize that. Well, they then, put it then, in the back of the net th- twice. If, if that's your argument, LAFC had three goals Absolutely. against the Galaxy, and they should have won four to two. No, I didn't say they should have won. I said that they put the ball in the back of the net. I would agree LAFC put it into the back of the net. LAFC was the better team again in El Trafico. That's that's well well documented. They played better. Expected goals they had better. Right? Look at the Portland game going back another. The LA Galaxy didn't play well. This is this is probably one of the better technical games the Galaxy have played against Chicago. On the road in difficult conditions trying to put this together and they didn't let a Chicago team that has scored and snuck some goals away from people. They didn't let them get 3 points and they kept up the fact that Chicago hasn't beaten them since like 2010. Um, and hasn't beaten them at Soldier Field since 2005, and hasn't beaten them in Chicago since 2008, right? So they kept all that stuff up. Them walking away with a point on a day where I will say the offensive part of things did not click very well. But when you look what Greg Vanny decided to do in the second half, I mean, I thought he got it 100% right. They were I, they were not good in the first half. They were not able I, to control I, things, right? I, and I that, think the result was good. A point on the road was good. The result was good. The game was horrible. And I don't think the Galaxy can be pleased with the way they played. Nobody's going to be happy, but I, well, that's not even true. I guarantee those guys were perfectly fine with taking a point from Chicago on the night. Again, taking a point. Yeah, but if that's the goal, then why, why not just stay in your own end and kick the ball around and mean like Chicago and, did and never even. Yes. Yes. Why not do that? Well, because if, the, if the galaxy, galaxy done that, would you say that was a good performance? Because no. the galaxy actually want to play soccer, Kevin. They actually want to try to score goals. And again, they had two very good ones. I'll say that there's an argument on the offsides. By the way, the co- the coastal goal, everybody wants to argue about. He was offside. That wasn't even close. Um, I went back and finally got to see an actual view of that. Of course, he called him offside. He was offside. You can see the lines on the field. Everything's there. Very much offside. The Chicharito goal, which everybody just sort of said, oh, yeah, he was definitely offside, was inches close. And the only reason that stood was because because the call on the field was offside, because there was nothing in that that I could say would definitely show him onside. But it was super, super tight. Um, so no, I don't have a problem with that. I like the fact that the defense and the midfield stayed disciplined in this game for the most part. I mean, Jonathan Bond had to come up with a huge save. Um, and it's not even a save, by the way, wasn't even a shot on goal. How about that? Uh, when Shabilko comes through in that second half and is going to go on the breakaway and basically walk in and score. Now I'll tell you this, if Chicago cut the grass, Shabilko scores that goal, but because they didn't score the grass, Jonathan Bond just walked up and took it right off of Shabilko's foot, right? So you can see it sort of hurting the way that Chicago wants to play and how they want to play. They didn't want to play soccer. They just wanted to lob it up and see if they could spring Shabilko free, and they got one shot at it, and they didn't work, 
right? So if you're going to say, hey, if guys are going to play like that, and look, now the LA Galaxy have played against a Seattle who has a low block, but still wants to play and counter and actually wants to do things. They played against Orlando City team, which had no interest whatsoever in going forward except on a counterattack and that, you know, Orlando got the best of them. The Galaxy do have a problem with low blocks. All right. And Chicago is probably the ultimate low block right now. They have 11 guys behind the ball most of the time. Um, but I don't have any issues whatsoever with that field and those conditions traveling away. And again, one of our biggest concerns coming off of El Trafico was that there was going to be some sort of emotional letdown against Chicago and that Chicago was going to be able to steal something. And that didn't happen. Um, well, I see. I disagree. I think you need to, the letdown to me. You're riding high after beating your crosstown rival and and again, the result, a point on the road in those conditions is good. I have no problem with the result. But if you want to be a championship caliber team, and Greg Vanny's been a coach of championship caliber teams, I'm sure he'll tell you this, you need to impose your game and your will on opponents, especially inferior opponents, which Chicago was. The Galaxy, their next seven games are against winning teams, teams with winning records today. Um, they're going to have to play better than they played in Chicago. Really? Oh, there's a genius freaking answer. They're going to have to play better than they played in Chicago. Well, well you just said that they were the, the, the 1958 Brazilian World Cup team. I, so I, I, I absolutely <laughs> did not. But I will say this again, out of their last three games, that was the best game the LA Galaxy have played. You could. And well, then, then it's going to be a long season. No, that's really no, true. no. See, that's the whole thing is you're just taking the result of things and thinking that that's the answer. Oh, they didn't get a shot on goal. So that means nothing. Did they create offense? Absolutely. They did in tough conditions against one of the top defenses in the league. And by the way, I was not a believer of Chicago's defense. I get what they do now. Right. Which is put big bodies and don't move. They're a low block team. They're going to body people. What did the LA Galaxy set piece defense do? Would they have eight free kicks that they cleared out? Twenty two crosses that they cleared out. Everybody wants to sleep. Uh, everybody wants to base this team off the offense. And you've had to do that for a long time because the LA Galaxy defense has been crap. All right. This LA Galaxy defense that you're seeing and the team defense that is being played is not crap. All right. It is probably the driving force that's going to take the LA Galaxy to the playoffs this year is that defense. They've allowed six goals in seven games, three clean sheets, three clean sheets in the first seven games. Almost 50 percent of their of their games have been clean sheets so far this year. All right. That is something that you have not seen in a very long time. I I, I hesitate to, to really jump up and down on them, but people are sleeping on the defensive performance that happened there. That was team defense. That was a connected back line. And that was set piece. Go ahead. Give Chicago all the set pieces they have. They have big guys, big bodies, physical players, and they got nada, nothing, zero zip zilch from any of those set pieces. And if you would have had that in week three against Seattle, they would have scored six goals. All right. So the LA Galaxy defense, everybody wants to say, oh, well, you know, all oh, the offense, Douglas Costa definitely coming into his own, had a lot of touches, had a lot of possession, scored a great goal that was tight, but it was offside. Right. And then Chicharito, Chicharito was involved in this. Chicharito had the highest XG on, by the way, at 0.14. Right. He missed one good chance. Um, and then he buried another one where, again, he's really tight, might be onside, might be offside, not going to argue it. Um, and he buried another chance. You gave the guys basically two chances or three chances. Ravellison missed one at the top of the box, which was probably one of the early chances that they had, which should have been at least on goal. Um, but outside of that, I'm perfectly happy with that performance. Everybody played pretty well, and the adjustment Greg Vanny made in the second half, which is something that'll make everybody really angry, uh, which is drop Leardam back, move Julian Araujo into that right-hand side, move Douglas Costa more interior, right, and basically attacking a 4-4-2. Um, and Greg Vanny said, hey, it wasn't quite, but it's close enough. Basically attacking a 4-4-2 created the chances, the options, and the offense while keeping the LA Galaxy defensively sound. Greg Vanny said it's not worth it in this game to go forward and try to press and lose points. Let's stay compact and let Chicharito and Costa try to create for us up top while we can. And they did exactly that. Did you see what whenever Costa scored, Vanny was over there pumping his fist like that was exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to go in here and steal that goal. And they called it offside. And that's fine. But the Galaxy played in a way that is repeatable down the road. And that's the bigger thing for me. Yeah, let's go. Let's repeat this. Let's have some no shot on target games that'll get us to the mls cup final it's like that, that, it, it's like watching a it's like watching a baseball no hitter sometimes whenever like the, all the all, every time somebody hits hits a ball it's right at somebody right it's like yeah, oh, if, oh they, neither, they got no hit team, if, if neither team gets a hit 
that's a pretty boring game. I don't know. I think there would be plenty of people who would enjoy a 0-0 ninth inning no-hitter on both sides. Don't you think? I, I know no. I would. I know I would. Um, all right, let's go on. Is there anything else that we want to take from this? Is, is there anything more that you need to talk about this? I mean, I thought the defense was good. Um, I didn't have... Let's a... discuss the goals. Oh, yeah. Wait. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's... If you could sound more American in like your backwards <laughs> sort of like, oh, well, we have to have goals. We have to have goals. It's like you don't have to have goals. Yeah, how about a shot? How about, yeah, how about a shot? They have plenty of shots. They, they got outshot they... nine to six. Just none oh, of them okay, were on goal. On target. Oh, okay. On target. All right. They had some block shots that were probably close to being shots on target. I mean, again, don't act like there was no offense, offense generated in this game. I'm not going to say it was pretty to watch. It wasn't. All right, but if you're if you go into it with your eyes closed because it's a zero zero game with no shots on goal, then you miss then you missed it, then you missed the whole game. You didn't pay that you didn't want to pay attention, and then that's that's again you can have people like that. Those are I see them on Twitter all the time. I can't believe we didn't have a shot on goal. It's like oh okay, did you pay any attention to the defense and how this team is playing? No. Oh, okay, then I'm sorry. We'll, we'll come back whenever you're ready to go ahead and watch the game in a different light. Sometimes it's not about the goals. Sometimes it's about how the team plays. This team is playing well. That was a pretty decent game, all right. I, I would I have would would Greg Vanny have liked, and he even said it in his post game. The one thing I would have liked a little more is for us to play a little more forward. That was it. That was the only criticism of Greg Vanny on this night was well, I wish that we played a little more forward. Okay, so they played the most defensive team in the league, a team that doesn't even try to score. They got no shots on target, no goals. Now they're going to play Nashville, which for the last two seasons has been the best defensive team in the league. It, it, I, I, whether they can rebound from this, whether they can figure it out, whether they can impose their will at on Nashville at home, um, you know, it, it, it'll it be interesting. And Nashville, as you, I think, mentioned on Saturday, playing all their games on the road right now where their yeah. stadium is being completed. Yep. They've struggled a little bit. But still, yeah. it, it's sort of an identical situation of playing a team that doesn't try to score. Uh, let's see how it works this time. But no, no, no. See, that would be that would be wrong because Nashville does try to score. They're just a very good defensive team. Right. So but, they, and they're also playing on a regular inside field that that has grass everywhere. I would and not a bunch of big holes. I would just like to remind everybody that a 70 yard wide field is the same distance that it is at New York City FC in width. It's 70 yards on the postage stamp at, at, at Yankee Stadium. It's 70 yards wide. It's shorter, but it's 70 yards wide. And that's already small. All right. Um, so. It is significant. It really hurts like, it, it, and it hurts a team like the guy, a team like LAFC, which is sort of pulled in and plays direct. It hurts them a little bit, but it really hurts the Galaxy, yes. a team that loves to play wide and comes yes. in on the attack from the wings. See, um, you did watch the game. See, <laughs> look watch, at that. I was standing next to you. I, but I, was, not, I thought maybe your eyes were glassed over. Pizza, not any, eating any of your pizza, but I was standing next to you. Yeah, you, well, I didn't get the pizza till after you left. You left at halftime. And because, I, I I, by the way, I don't blame you. I was freezing by that time. Uh, and then I went into my car to do the press conference. Uh, <laughs> I was so exhausted by this game, just this entire game, just the entire day and everything else that happened during the day uh, I had gotten up early to row that morning I had, I was I was like okay I'm gonna do this and then I had to hang out with uh, with the family for a little while and then my wife came home late and I was like struggling to get up to the to the to the uh, event on time we we're supposed to be set up by 2 30 I got there at two and I just I strangled and again Matt was such a huge help um so awesome I'm gonna get Matt something I haven't figured out what I'm gonna get Matt yet but unlike you I like Matt so I'm gonna make sure uh make sure I'm gonna get something I like Matt just fine yeah no I mean I was gonna say I like Matt I don't like you that's what I was trying oh, to say oh, like okay. I could get you something but I want to get Matt something because I like yeah, him yeah get Matt a pizza because you didn't get me one <laughs> you didn't ask for a pizza <laughs> I would have got you a pizza um anyway so um I was so exhausted that I went home and at 8:45, I was in bed and sleeping. That's how exhausted I was. I was like, "No, no." My wife was up watching her G2 game. I was going to, and I was like, "Nope, not gonna happen." I got in my car, and it was warm, and I put put the butt warmer on, right? Just ooh, get those heated seats all, all nice and warm in there. And I got toasty. I asked Greg a question. I was like, "I'm driving home." Went home, was in sleep by it was was asleep by nine o'clock, and I didn't wake up till early in the morning. And got up to to row again. So, uh, you know, if you want to go to bed early like that, just save the L.A. Times and read some of my stories. <laughs> Don't uh, you could just put it on like the the what is it the reader where you click it and it'll yeah. read you your your stories and like a little lullaby music behind it. Yeah, yeah. it'll be it'll be great. Uh, absolutely. All right. Um, 
Yeah, so so there's that. I, I, I encourage everybody to go to uh, cornerofthegalaxy.com and you can see the full media call. Uh, it was cool. It was interesting because I got to talk to Mark Delgado, uh, who was there. I thought Delgado was fine. Um, I know some people think that like nothing happened. Listen, again, on that field, what you want Delgado to do, it's not conducive to playing the way that he wants to play and how it wants to happen. And I will absolutely... Um, you know, I'll defend that. I think Delgado's fine. Uh, let's see how he plays against Nashville and sort of puts everything up in into that and, and how that all sorts of hap- starts to happen. Uh, one of the things we did talk about on Saturday, Kevin, was the LA Galaxy and their deal with Spectrum Sportsnet. Now, we still don't have, quote unquote, official details of this this deal, Kevin. Uh, but what we do know is the LA Galaxy's local broadcasts uh, will be on Spectrum Sportsnet, as we've, as we've been telling you for a while. Um, and the big deal about that is that uh, it seems, uh, at least to uh, to most of us, uh, that uh, that it's a deal that m- might not be worth a lot of money. Um, <laughs> and and the whole reason that I can sort of almost emphatically say that is that LA Galaxy is also getting to stream the games on LAGalaxy.com. So they they sort of do this in in sections and in pies. So that way you can understand this. If you are outside of the normal watch area. Kevin, then you can go to ESPN plus right for the local because you're not blocked out because you're outside of the the local area. If you are inside that area, you have two options. One, you can watch it on spectrum uh, if you get spectrum or two, you can go to LAGalaxy.com and you can stream it there. Now, uh, they did that for this game. You could stream this game on LAGalaxy.com. Uh, by the way, I think that's huge. And we'll talk about some of the problems they had. But Kevin, I think that's huge. That's making it so accessible to anybody in the coverage area. And it opened up to some things about um, it, it opens up the idea that you can you can sort of grow that game, right? You can grow it within your local because anybody can go to LAGalaxy.com as long as you're inside of that local broadcast area. And if you're outside of it, then you can watch it on ESPN+. So nobody's losing any of the slice of the pie there. It is literally free to watch LA Galaxy games. And if you're smart, you might be able to use a VPN and actually get inside of the zone so that way you don't have to worry about ESPN+. Plus. I'm not saying to do that because, of course, that's illegal. But if you wanted to, a VPN inside the area would then get you LAGalaxy.com games as well. So I, that feels like that's pretty inclusive to, to, to making it as accessible as possible in, in today's world, Kevin. I wonder what's driving that, too, because they fought this for so long. I wonder if the idea is we want to get as many eyeballs as we can because we were negotiating a TV deal, and it sure would be great if we could show them that a lot of people are watching these broadcasts. It's, we're not cynical enough to believe that, are we? No, no, I, I don't think so. Well, I mean, listen, I know that everybody hates Spectrum, right? This 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 pulls it away from... I have criticisms of Spectrum, too. Um, I don't think... And by the way, it has nothing to do with their on-air personalities, at least not the ones that I name. You like Nikki. I like Nikki, I like Joe, and I like Kobe. I mean, that's pretty easy. That's a pretty easy people to to like and go about. Um, They had... uh, Oh, God. uh, What's his name? Um, the guy who does the Lakers, the, the chat room is going to get it, who was the studio host for the last one. I, we've had him on our show and I had his name yesterday. I was like, oh man, I should text him because I was like, that's so cool that, um, that he was doing it again. Who's the Lakers sideline reporter? What's his name? Do you know? Come on, nope. come on. Lakers nope. sideline reporter, everybody figure it out for a second while I don't have to look it up. Um, but anyway, so they had, they, him, had, they had Pete on games last year. They have Pete on games this year. That still baffles my mind. That that is the one thing where I sit there and go, really, that's the best. I mean, listen, Pete Vianis, former player, we all know who he is, um, but he's also the guy who who had one of the most disastrous like general manager stints at the LA Galaxy. I mean, between him and Alexi, and you don't see Alexi on the stadium on the stadium show there either. Although I would say that people will probably be more open to Alexi Lawless being on that show than Pete Vianis. That baffles my mind. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of talented, smart people who didn't ha- don't have the history that Pete has that they could invite on it. But I'm not in charge of broadcasting, so that's fine. So I think that if when you have Joe Totino, and you said it whenever we were watching it, man, we're so lucky to have Joe Totino. <laughs> just listen to other broadcasters around the league, and, and and I'm not being harsh on any of them. It's just you listen to Joe and you listen to them, and there's no question that Joe is much easier to listen to everybody's just throwing out names except for the one person uh let's see who was it it was alexis alexis says mike trudell it's mike trudell he was on our team he's a soccer guy mike trudell he played at northwestern um we had him on our show once um and he's great 
love him to death. And he's a great Lakers sideline reporter. I, lo- I love Mike. So nice. But he was the studio host in there. I think Chris McGee, uh, Jeter is usually in there for these games, but always early in the season, right around this time. It always seems like Mike is is the studio host in there. So he's great, too. Um, so I think that they try to do what they can. I understand people not loving Spectrum because they're not easily accessible, but this solves that. LAGalaxy.com. You have it. Now, <clears throat> one of the problems that I have uh, or they had so far was the audio wasn't working whenever they started the stream uh, for this. Again, you know, learning curves, right? So no audio. Uh, and then, unfortunately, they decided to end the stream about four minutes into seven minutes of stoppage time that we had in this game. So that so if you're watching on the stream, it cut out a little early. I have a feeling they'll fix all those things coming up. But just do you, you think it cut out early? I think the camera guy fell asleep. <laughs> it's the same camera guy on Spectrum. So no, I don't oh. I don't I don't think it's uh, anybody uh, different. But yes, that's sort of where it was all going in, in, in terms. And, and so I think they're going to get that. Well, I think this is a huge advantage for LA Galaxy fans to be able to watch games on LAGalaxy.com, on ESPN+, Plus, on Spectrum if you have it. It gives you options, and the LAGalaxy.com stuff is free, um, which, again, leads me to believe that there isn't a lot of money changing hands in this in this deal. Otherwise, nobody would want to give anything away for free, right, Kevin? No, you didn't give pizza away for free, so yeah, I'd agree with that. Although they did give ice cream away for free Saturday. I had a drumstick. Did you You did you get any ice cream or I no? I didn't get any, no. Oh, okay. Look at me. You think I need ice cream? Holy uh, cow. I mean, I was freezing, but I was like, I'm definitely going to have a drumstick, so I had one. I'm like celery and carrots right now. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, it was, it, it was, it was really good. It was fun. I enjoyed it. All right. Do you want to go to the, I'm going to, I'm going to say it because I feel, I guess I'm feeling, you know, snappy tonight. Um, the most head scratching move of the day for the LA Galaxy. And we'll just say the day because who knows what it'll be like tomorrow or the day before or anything like that. Uh, yeah, you you were kind of on me today. You just really buried Pete Vianis. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I think you can do better. All right. I mean, that's ultimately what I think. Speaking, speaking of thinking we can do better. Uh, the LA Galaxy named former LA Galaxy player, former two, MLS two player. Time, two time MLS Cup champion. Yeah. Two time Supporter Shield winner, too. They really had to dig deep to in order to find some of these things. Michael Stevens, uh, little Mikey Stevens, by the way. Uh, this was back in the day whenever everybody called him Mikey Stevens. Uh, like Marky Delgado. Except different, because because I don't know that Mikey Stevens ever grew out of that. But Michael Stevens was named director of scouting uh, today for the L.A. Galaxy. This I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know. Ke- Kevin, I don't I really cannot explain. Former, he's a former U.S. soccer drone pilot, is he not? I mean, he so there is, um, you know, there is he does have a, a smallish resume for it uh he spent time as a, as a scout for the chicago fire in 2018 and 2019 and with the u.s soccer federation in 2019 to 2022 so he was with u.s soccer um and the last time and we were joking about this before but the last time i heard about michael stevens was whenever uh, alan gordon went on uh, that one podcast with the players from sporting kansas city and uh he goes he goes oh mikey stevens isn't he flying drones for u.s soccer that was like alan gordon's whole thing and it was just like you know, you could tell Alan Gordon sees, sees Michael Stevens as like this little guy sort of doing it. So, um, yeah, I, I will say that I feel like director of scouting is a misnomer in this being he's reporting to Jovan Karofsky. So I don't think he's director of, of much. <laughs> and maybe maybe like you're in director of your office, like like your own little cubicle that you have. Maybe that's sort of what it is. Um, yeah. You think Jovan's going to give up those frequent flyer miles to Paris? Uh, <sighs> I mean, listen, this is this is a role the Galaxy need to suss out and need to go after. Uh, in his role, this is from the press release, in his role on the Galaxy's technical staff, Stevens will oversee the identification and evaluation of prospective players. Additionally, Stevens will collaborate with the Galaxy technical staff to further develop target markets for recruiting players, both domestically and internationally, for each level within the club's development pyramid. Um, so they're looking for markets to find players. I mean, the idea... I can help Brazil and France. They I mean, should go there. I mean, so... I mean, I know you make a joke about it, but there is a science to finding undervalued leaks, right? Undervalued markets where you can go in and sort of say... Now, that requires analytics, and it's something the LA Galaxy have not done. They do... Listen, there's, there's, there's the type of analytics, and I always screw this up, so I'm going to explain it the way my head works, and then hopefully you can all understand it. There's the type of analytics, Kevin, that look at what you did on the field, and they said, hey, you know, if you do this a little bit better on the field, then you will do this. Like, hey, take more short corners, because on short corners, we're 80% of the time, we get a scoring chance on the short corners. All right? Um, 
like that, 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 that's a type of analytics that you can go ahead and look at. There's another type of analytics that goes through and looks at undervalued players in markets, right? And so you can go through and you get a list of players and you get all their stats and you roll through and you go, okay, let me look and see. Oh, well, this guy, this guy starts every game. He's 26 years old. You, whenever you look at his goals plus assists, they're through the roof. What, where is this guy and why isn't why isn't anybody looking at him? And it's like, oh, he's undervalued. Oh, he's only $3 million. Oh, okay, let's go find him. Or you can do it as a league, which is going to look at leagues and say, well, th- look at all the players that have come out of this league. This is a this is a hot spot. There are players here and they go and they sell for moderate prices. And we can take advantage of that by going in and getting some of those possibly well, like what they did with exactly France. That's exactly what that's exactly what Jovan said that the Galaxy were getting with Cabral and Grant's here. I'm not sure about uh, Ravellison, but definitely with uh, Cabral and Grant's here, Jovan said that these were guys that were undervalued, that they thought they had a much higher upside than anyone in France thought they had. Right. And and that, again, if you have the stats to back that up, then you have an argument to make, right? Doesn't mean that you're going to be right, but you at least have an argument. If that is what Stevens is doing, which is going in here and using some of these data tools, um, and by the way, there's a ton of different like data, uh, uh, companies that have all this data and like you pay them for the data and then you can pay them to help you sort through it and do different things. Then that is sorely needed for the LA galaxy. And if he's going to do that, then I am that. Yes. Yes. The LA galaxy are way, way, way behind the eight ball whenever it comes to analytics. All right. Way behind the eight ball. I mean, there was just a, uh, one of the, I, I forget one of the, the, the like analytics, uh, podcasts or, or, or like blogs was going through and sort of listing MLS tiers of analytics. And it was basically like the LA galaxy at the bottom of that tier with, by the way, probably 50% of the rest of the league. But it's something that if you're the LA galaxy and pretend to be the, the biggest club in major league soccer is, and you have, you don't have analytics and you're not using that in determining, uh, you know, talent, um, scoutability, uh, markets and things like that, then you're not, you're not doing it. Now, if the galaxy have an analytics person and they've hidden them for all these years for me, then more power to them. Every time I ask, it's like, Oh, well, we have a bunch of people who do that. No. Well, one place where they, they could look and where some teams are looking is, is Africa is turning out to be a place with a lot of undervalued players, Ghana and Senegal, especially young players who, uh, are, are just developing, um, turning into really good players. You see some of them in MLS now. That would seem to be, you know, everyone, you know, we joked earlier, Brazil, France, you know, and Spain is a place that exports a lot of players. Everyone's looking at those players. They're, if you find an undervalued player, you got really lucky because most of those guys, because of their pedigree, uh, are going to be expensive players. If you go into some of these uh, African countries now where, where um, soccer is really beginning to catch on, I mean, I know it's always been the national pastime, but we're, they're, they're training better, they're developing better, Um that could be a place where the galaxy maybe could look and maybe find some undervalued players. They also had another front office hire, right? Contractual. Thing. So, so, so it wasn't a hire, but maybe a promotion on this. If you yeah. looked at the bottom of the press release, uh, the LA galaxy said, additionally, Gordon Kleshen, who is Sasha Kleshen's brother, by the way, uh, additionally, Gordon Kleshen, who served as the senior director of soccer operations for the club has been named the LA galaxy, senior director of player personnel and compliance. And both Kleshen and Stevens will report directly to technical director, Jovan Karofsky. So that is that I'm fine. By the way, I've always heard good things about Gordon Kleshen. There's no, I have no issues with any of that. So, so. he's basically the guy that makes sure uh, everyone's under the salary cap and that uh, all everyone's complying on the contracts and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. That's the idea. Um, and, and it's, I think it's interesting that both those guys report to Jovan. I mean, I get the Michael Stevens one, but you know, doesn't anyone report to Chris Klein or does Jovan report to Chris Klein? And that's where it ends. What, what does Chris Klein do? Who does, who does Greg Vanny report to? Does he just report to, to to Chris Klein? Does uh, how does how does remember? You can't fire a GM, Kevin, if you don't know who the GM is. I've I've figured That's that correct. out. They've they, they've really pulled some. So I mean, Greg Vanny is definitely the face of this team. It sounds like he's the face of of player movement whenever it happens. Right? He's the guy who's coming out and saying this stuff. You look, and when we get press releases, you see the quotes. We don't get quotes from Chris Klein. We get quotes from Greg Vanny. We get quotes from Jovan Karofsky. Right. Well, here's where I'm going with this, obviously, is that the where does the buck stop? That's what we don't know. We've seen coaches get fired and we've seen GMs, in, in the case of Dennis DeClosa, leave. The people above them that have been through here, you know, with the organization since 2017 through 2018 through 2019, uh, Vianus is gone. Jovan and Chris are still there. Is there a does the buck stop somewhere? Is there the responsibility ends with this person? Um, because I, I just don't understand how the the 
the hierarchy what, what works, you, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. How this, how the inner office structure works. Uh, Ar architect of Verbal, by the way, I was playing your music at the, uh, at, at the pop-up event, by the way, to check my speakers. Everybody was, was, was grooving to it. Um, it says he goes, uh, gives us a $5 super chat and says back to my question of always Carlos Harvey. What's up with him? Is he definitely out of the squad at this point? He's on the squad. There's, there's no issues with that. I don't, he's on the senior team roster as far as I know. But so, have you seen him? Uh, I haven't seen him, but he's there. No. He's there. I mean, he hasn't been playing. I mean, how do we know that? I, I, I guess I guess We're it's Schrodinger's cat. I guess it's Schrodinger's cat. He's both he's both on the team and off the team until he's observed. Well, Tuesday may be the, the, the test then because he's good enough that he should play in the U.S. Open Cup game. Yeah, I mean, I would expect so. So um, that's one of the things to sort of take a look at, um, by the way. So uh, let's see. Looking at the rest of this. Uh, one of our guests, by the way, is giving away a a some tickets to the uh to the open cup game tomorrow oh the, i think we said a new porsche for, for the open cup uh the first person who 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 super chats us ten dollars and says ld10 will get those um i think john is the one uh on twitter who's doing that so i haven't seen it yet i didn't see any ten dollar super chats so i think it's still open for that so if anybody wants to go to the game tomorrow for ten dollars you can do that um thanks again to to john for for putting that together all right um Let's talk a little Speaking bit about of the Open Cup game. Yeah, let's get it. Uh, San Diego Loyal coming up to face the LA Galaxy. Landon Donovan and the San Diego Loyal for the U.S. Open Cup game. Uh, the the sold out graphic that we have here is uh, is showing that the Loyal sold out all of their season ticket member buses that they're bringing up here. I imagine they're going to get have quite a crowd coming up to uh, to uh, L.A. to sort of see this game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Landon Donovan, of course, is going to be on the sideline. That's always fun to see. I'm also interested to see how the LA Galaxy sort of line up for these things as well, Kevin, because that's always a big question, right? Is how many how many first team guys are going to get the start? How many guys do you loan up from LA Galaxy 2 to play in this game? Um, and so there's all of these questions about how you seriously you take it and how you go. Um, and the San Diego Loyal, while they I think they started well, Kevin, haven't won what in their last two games at least, right? Yeah, well, they're five two and one. They're they're second in USL Championship overall. They lead the Western Conference. Um, uh, so they played pretty well, you know, they made the playoffs last year under Landon Donovan. Um, Kyle Vassell is their leading scorer. He is second in the league. He has five goals, uh, after what, eight games they played. So, uh, you know, they're playing pretty well. It's there. It's not going to be a pushover like some of these U S open cup games seem to be. And, and I, I you know, I think Landon's going to have this team really fired up. He's coming back to the stadium with his statue in front. Um, he'll be on the field in a competitive game. I mean, and a competitive first division game he he's been on the sidelines with uh loyal playing galaxy two in this in the main stadium right but but this is a pretty big deal for him coming back to to go against his old first division club um and again his statue you know his statue is in front of the stadium and now he's going to be on the field coaching against the galaxy it should, it should be fun um i think all tickets except for the premium tickets are general admission so you can just go there and, and hang out if you're not going to use your tickets uh i suggest you donate it to somebody you got them for free with your season ticket member package um so give them to somebody and get as many people there as you can because i think these are fun games to watch it's a little listen i'm going to tell you from my point of view it's a little more low Low, like low intensity on on my side of things is a little more you know nonchalant able to get to the stadium and and relax a little bit into these games and then watch a game and really i think you find usually some some interesting things can happen in u.s open cup uh i want to see how we haven't seen greg in a u.s open cup right um and when he was with toronto he wasn't in u.s open cup because he was a canadian team so i'm interested to see how seriously he takes u.s open cup whether or not he sees it as so many people say the easiest way to the ccl is through the u.s open cup and i say no it's not because you have to have a whole bunch of things go your way in order for it to be the easiest path to the but ccl do you expect to see a lot of guys like cameron dunbar and 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 Klinsman, you think he's going to play? And by the way, are you going tomorrow? And are you going to cheer for Landon? <laughs> I'm going tomorrow. I will not be cheering. I'll be sitting in the press box. There's no cheering. Um, so you I can will step outside and applaud and Landon. Just and woo, I will always uh, give a tip of the hat to Mr. Landon Donovan. Um, so it'll be it'll be fun to see him. I think there are a ton of first team players who don't get a lot of minutes who can play in this game. Somebody like maybe Carlos Harvey. Um, certainly somebody who could be who could be there if he's here. If he's if he's actually on the team or if he's not on the team, uh, Preston Judd, uh, Jovalich, Dayon Jovalich. How do you not start Jovalich in this game? Like you said, Jonathan Klinsman is a good is a good spot there. Eric Zavaleta is a good person to start. Yes, in yeah, this I'm, game. Uh, Cameron Dunbar. I want to see Cameron Dunbar. 
So, I mean, there is a lot of uh, a lot of really good options, I think, for the LA Galaxy to put together a fairly competitive team and a fa- fairly competitive high-level team as well. Um, I don't want to see a huge drop-off in this and it's a chance to test the depth. And you don't want to use guys that you're going to be using on Saturday against Nashville, right? You want this to be a pretty cakewalk game for, for, for the I, LA Galaxy. I, I just don't think San Diego makes it a cakewalk. And, and you're right, though. You, you want to get through without, you know, you don't want Chicharito having to come off the bench and score a goal because you have seven straight games coming up against winning teams the galaxy should have enough depth uh to be able to win this game but i I think this is a difficult game if they were playing i don't know sacramento or the oakland roots or somebody else it'd be a totally different thing but they're playing landon donovan and a team that's basically in the same market as the galaxy this would be such a big win for that team it's still Mm -hmm. a young team i mean i mean Um, it's it's their it's their world series it's their world cup it's their it's their championship game and it's always the case whenever you look at how you start with these lower level teams and they go into you know these first you know what's great about this game though is because all the pressure's on the galaxy and the galaxy will say it's u.s open cup but if san diego wins it's huge if they lose they're supposed to lose yeah i know you're absolutely right. It is always always the, the pressure that's on on the big team, right? And especially the LA Galaxy. But how many times do they have to go to North Carolina and get their butt kicked? Um, so, you know, it's it's one of those things. The Galaxy haven't had tremendous U.S. Open Cup success since I've been covering the team, certainly, uh, since 2009. Uh, there's been a couple little runs in there. And again, the coin toss matters more than a lot of these things. If you get more home, the more home games you have, the more likely you are to win U.S. Open Cup. So whenever the coin tosses come into this, it's about who's hosting the game. And that usually determines who's going to win it. Very rarely does a U.S. Open Cup winner play more than two games on the road the entire tournament that they go. And most of those only play one. Um, So, uh, I don't know. The the thing about these tournaments, FA Cup and all those, is it, it, the big club is supposed to go to the little club's place. You know, the galaxy is supposed to go play at some high school field or something. I, That's the way it's supposed to be. I did. But it's th- not. I did think that that would have been fun. Had San Diego hosted it and the LA galaxy would have to go to San Diego. I would have enjoyed that more than San Diego yeah. coming up. And by the way, main stadium, um, I think the game, is it a 7.30 p.m. kickoff time? I'd have to actually look it up. I don't even know. I've been so busy with the, the live show that I decided, I guess, not to pay any attention to anything else. I just realized that I hadn't put in my credential for uh, for the Nashville game as well. And I was just like, what what is going on? Am I paying any attention Wait. whatsoever? But you're you. They can't even start the game without you. So <laughs> yeah, don't you're we, good. Don't we wish? Don't we wish? So anyway, I'll be up there, um, sort of help you through that and get everything ready for you again. Uh, it should be a, a pretty interesting game between those two. Now, the other thing that happened today, Kevin, was the uh, the presale. Presale for the League's Cup showcase went up today. Now, there was a little hiccup even to start. Um, and that hiccup involved the LA Galaxy deciding to say that, hey, season ticket members, the presale starts at 10 a.m. And then they didn't send out everybody's presale information, Kevin, until 10 a.m. So those emails didn't start hitting till like 10.03, 10.04, 10.10. There were people 20 minutes after 10 o'clock who hadn't gotten their emails. It's like maybe you want to give some people some heads up and some time to be ready with the link and everything to go um, to sort of figure this out. If you're expecting the type of flow that I think they're expecting, which I think might be overhyped a little bit, but I was able to go there. There's some things we learned, Kevin Wednesday. uh, This game's Wednesday, August 3rd, right? Um, I think that's right. Uh, Wednesday, August 3rd, the event time now is listed at 5 30 PM. We don't know which game is first. (laughs) I don't know. They haven't told us yet. Um, but the start time is 5.30 p.m. So you can plan on, if you're going to this game, on Wednesday at being in your seats and ready to go at 5.30 p.m. for the first game. That's where the LFC. So it's yeah. Galaxy Chivas, yes. LFC Club America. Correct. And then the winners meet in the final later that night, right? No, no, there's no oh. final, unfortunately. It's, it's just a showcase, Kevin. It's not an actual tournament. So, um, yeah, there, there won't be. So I was, uh, I was able to sort of log in and, and figure out where the uh, LA Galaxy tickets would be and basically what you can see from the seating chart whenever it would pop up is that each team is given like a quarter pie section of the stadium and it you know goes around so basically the stadium is divided into four now it's not exactly because some of those sections in the middle are you know like they're, they're kind of borderline vip sections so you probably can get some mixing and some different things but if you say there's seventy thousand seats at this stadium and you divide that by four then each section has roughly seventeen thousand five hundred seats in it roughly 
Okay. So those are the sections that they're sort of putting together. And so if you're looking at this, and I don't know if it's north, south, east, and west, um, but if you're looking at like the bottom right of the stadium graphic, that bottom right corner is the LA Galaxy's corner. And then the top left, so Caddy Corner is LAFC. And then Chivas, uh, Guadalajara is down at the bottom left. And then the top right is Club America. So they have the Galaxy and LAFC separated Caddy Corner. And they have Chivas and Club America separated Caddy Corner. And the Galaxy are neighbors with Club America to the top and Chivas to the left, right? So that's sort of how they put it together. Now, the supporter sections are located within this, and I think all the supporter sections are located on the second the second level, not the first level, but that second level. Uh, and there's three sections for LA Galaxy, and I don't know about the other ones, but I know that there's three sections of the LA Galaxy that are specifically for supporters in those sections. Now, the tickets, Kevin... <laughs> People didn't believe me whenever I said this, though. Um, the tickets ranged quite a, quite a range. If you're all the way up into the upper bowl, you can basically get into the building for $45 plus whatever ticket master fees and all that fun stuff, right? So $45 plus that, plus parking, plus all that fun stuff. So by the time you get in there, I mean, that's $90 for two people, and then you have to park a car, which is probably about $60 to $70, I think, in there. So about $150 could probably get you and the friend into this into this game if you want. But a bargain compared to other ticket prices. The other ticket prices included as they were lower level and more center of the field, uh, at least in the LA Galaxy section, uh, the upper level was VIP, or, or excuse me, the upper level tickets, which is the bottom level bowl, is $455 per ticket um, in the VIP section in that lower bowl. For uh, scrimmage. Yeah, for 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 yeah for for a game that doesn't mean much. So that was what we sort of learned from that, and it seemed that certain depending on what your ticket package was, Kevin, for the LA Galaxy, that sort of allowed you to go in and buy certain tickets in certain sections. So if you were a premium seat member, you were able to buy tickets all the way down at the bottom, all the way to the top. But I think there were some people like supporters groups were only allowed to buy tickets in the supporters groups. And I think some of the other other tickets, maybe if you were in the 200 levels, like you were only allowed to buy tickets like from the middle of the stadium and back. Like they were sort of keeping you within your your zone, I guess. I, I don't know. It's it's crazy. Well, and, and this game, the Galaxy Chivas game is now big because it's going to be Almeida's return to California as, as coach, right? Oh, now it, that he's gone from San Jose, he'll be back at Chivas he'll, by then. He'll be back at Chivas by then? I know that was an interesting... I mean, everybody sort of saw it coming, um, but Almeida out as a San Jose coach, which well, means... The, the, to, to me, the bigger MLS news today was Brad Gusan oh, and his injury. I, at 37, um, I don't think he's coming back. It was, which, it was an ACL or an MCL? It was one of the, the ligaments that was... It was, was one of the L's, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and um, he's done. Uh, well, he, he hasn't said... No one said that yet. He's, done, sure for the, he's done for the season. Right, and I think at his age... I know he's a goalkeeper, uh, but at his age, it's, it would seem like it would be very difficult for him to come back. Um, I, you know, I hope he does come back at least... To take a sort of tour around the country and, and say goodbye to everybody say, because say he deserves it. Right. Um, two not two time World Cup player. Not everybody gets that chance, Kevin. Not everybody gets a chance to come back and say goodbye. So he would be, you know, a lot of people, a lot of guys are carried off the field their last time they're on it. Uh, hopefully that's not the case for Sprague was on. I, I kind of like him. All right. Uh, let's see. LA Galaxy playing against uh, San Diego Loyal coming up on Tuesday night. And then, of course, the LA Galaxy will host Nashville FC. Uh, Nashville FC on Saturday, April 23rd, 7.30 p.m. And the kickoff is at 7.38 p.m. Local LA Galaxy uh, broadcast. So LAGalaxy.com and Spectrum Sportsnet are where you can find those games uh, or on ESPN Plus if you're outside. 7.38. It's another tune-up for that Chivas game coming up in August. <laughs> That's all these league games. The $455 just... Chivas us uh, chivas of guadalajara game they're just they're just tune-ups for for all of that uh. I, I was just down in guadalajara as you know i came back uh last thursday night and uh no actually friday and and all anybody was talking about down there was the uh, upcoming game with the galaxy that's not was, true no that's i didn't hear one person mention it i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> i tuned out for a second as i was gonna try to go do something i'm like what is that that's there's no way that that's true that's not how that works um i just want to make sure i get the uh the timing correct uh, for this game coming up on, yeah, against San Diego. 7.30 p.m. is the kickoff time uh, for that. I believe all of the U.S. Open Cup games are also streamed on ESPN+. I don't know that there's blackouts. So I don't know if that's the case in this, but I believe that that's been the case so far. 
um, that they're streaming all the U.S. Open Cups. And, and so, so if you're a fan of Orange County Soccer Club, which I know there are a lot that I think listen to this uh, great little stadium down there in the Great Park, they will be playing Wednesday at Bank of California Stadium. You can watch that streaming as well. Yeah, so so they're going up there. Now, there is, there's a redraw after this um, that sort of puts everybody against their next opponent. So there is no direct bracket path to who you play after this. Um, so we'll figure that out after after this game is done. The, the oh, so so let's just say you, you there is a bracket and you pull names out of a hat or whatever. Should the organizers of this tournament, U.S. Soccer, should they do everything possible to avoid having the Galaxy play LAFC in the U.S. Open Cup? I think they should. No, I think they will do the exact opposite because this is not Major League Soccer. This is U.S. Soccer and it's U.S. Open and they want the views and they want the viewership and they want all that. They would, I mean, listen, they draw slots, right? They draw they flip coins, they do that type of thing. So it's ra- it's random. Um, I'm sure I'm sure the there's like they freeze some of those quarters or something like that and make them land on one way or the other. However, they do it. But I guarantee you they will not care. They would they want that matchup. Now, I would hope they would watch that matchup like next and not this time, not the next game, but the game after that. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I mean. I mean, you don't want. I I know at some point if they're both alive, they have to meet. But but then, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but this is kind of fun. So if you're Greg Vanny, do you play your first team lineup against your inner city rival? You've talked a lot about how this is the biggest game since sliced bread. You're playing them again. It's a game that counts. It's a result. It's a tournament. There's a trophy at the end. Do you play your first team against them, knowing it's LAFC, when you wouldn't play your first team against, say, San San Jose or? Portland. Do you play your first team? I'll tell you this. It doesn't matter because we don't know that that's going to happen yet. So I'm not going to talk about it. Oh, man. You just, you, you fan on the shot. There is a, uh, Mr. Provino, who's in the chat, by the way, says this is the next, this next draw that they do after this is the last draw. So they basically draw and then all the positions are set into a bracket that then you can follow along and say, oh, well, this person hosts this one and this one goes this way. And they basically draw for the rest of the tournament after this. But that's not this. So we don't know where the LA Galaxy will fall after this game, but we'll find out. They'll have the draw and then we'll be able to say well, the- if they beat San Diego. If they beat San Diego, so that's that. That is not a, a, a an if you can just throw away. It should I, be I think, Kevin. I think it's it, it should be, but I, again, the San Diego has a lot to play for, and Landon Donovan is going to remind them of that on that two-hour bus ride. But San Diego just lost five to two to Louisville, right? Yes, they did, and there was a red card in that game. Yes, there was. So I'm just I'm I don't know just, if that carries over. Uh, it shouldn't. Although sometimes it does, so that's always a question. That's a great. That's a great yeah. answer, Josh. Remember yeah, whenever that was really good. Yeah. Remember whenever Clint Dempsey ripped up the red card, uh, ripped up the card of the referee. I think that carried over. That was one that carried over for sure. So um, we'll see how that uh, that goes. And and San Diego will be coming up obviously uh, to play and, and and see where that goes. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Or are we good? Um, I didn't know. I didn't have anything to talk about when we started. So uh, people, people figured that out very clearly. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter, how many shots on goal on Twitter at K Baxter 11, uh, head on over to the LA times.com. He has a great article in there about streaming. It was great. Cause I think, uh, he, he got the hammer to talk about. That's why I think it was, it was a great article. Had nothing Kevin's to do with the like it. Yeah. De- I'm sure he did. Uh, so head on over to latimes.com and, and please head, uh, support Panda over there. Catch him on Twitter. All that fun stuff at kbaxter 11 If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jguessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com for all of our wonderful reporting on the LA Galaxy. We appreciate everybody who came out for the live show. We appreciate you joining us here tonight on our live show. And if you're listening on the podcast, we love you too. Y'all have been amazing. And hopefully... We'll be able to talk about a whole bunch of things on Thursday, a win over the San Diego Loyal, perhaps, and getting you ready for Nashville. So big, fun things planned for Thursday. For Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato-Gessman, and you've been listening to, you've been watching Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.